It is Monday, August 7th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who is all in favor of the players being off tomorrow, as long as the kitchen stayed open, J.P. Shadrick. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, the first Monday show of the 2023 season. And what a show we have ahead. Recapping training camp, we've got Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli coming up. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco will join us in the second hour late. He's at Green Bay Packers camp today. They practice a little later in the afternoon. We'll hear from Pete on the phone coming up in a little bit. Training camp grind is here. The Jaguars just wrapped up three consecutive padded practices in the heat. They had live tackling today to wrap it up as well. We'll keep it real as we always do, and those Fanatics fan questions came in hot and heavy earlier today. We'll get to plenty of those. Coming up, three straight padded practices now in the books. Players off tomorrow, and then the prep for the Cowboys coming up this Saturday in Arlington. Doug Peterson was on NFL Network today just after practice at the Miller Electric Center, and he was asked if Trevor Lawrence will get reps in the game. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the starters playing, um, and 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 I really feel like they need to feel sort of that that energy that comes with that comes with starting a football game. And so I did it last year, you know, with the guys, and anticipate right now uh, we're still a few days away, but anticipating them getting, you know, maybe a series or two, um, you know, this weekend. And you know, we're still in that evaluation mode, as you know, we got a lot of young players that we need to evaluate, so they're also going to get a, a lot of time. You know, in this football game, but uh, but right now I anticipate our starters playing. You know, playing a little bit, at least getting uh, getting a series or two in this game. There you hear it from the head coach earlier on NFL Network, and plenty of sound and interviews and press conferences from the week available right now on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars YouTube channel. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on Tension XL AM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. Tony Vaselli is with us now. Good afternoon. What's up, JP? Happy Monday. We're back, baby. We're back every Monday as I was leaving the house to come down to this beautiful new studio we have. Uh, yeah, the uh, Hyundai Studios. Hats off, Hyundai. Um, hats off to uh, the Jaguars organization and obviously Shad's investment with the city. And um, I think it was Haskell who was the lead build on this and all the everyone who did what they did to make this and Miller Electric for sponsoring. It's a fabulous facility. Um, I think fans have seen that, but uh, being in the radio studio for the first time, what a what an upgrade! It's nice. It right? is nice, nice, comfortable chairs. Just uh, wait until the TV studio is done across the hall. Oh, here. I've seen it. I've seen. I it. think we at some point. Can I don't we, want to promise anything. I think we can do this show in there at some point. I'd like to do that because they have a couch. That would be awesome. I could take a nap. Bring some snacks. Put them on the table. And when I get bored of you and Pete, I can just kind of shut my eyes and lay down. <laughs> we'll need a new couch in about two months. If that's the but case. yeah, this is great. It's a great facility. So, uh, you know, you know, this is old news because we've been talking about the Miller Electric Center and fans have seen it. But every time I walk into this place, and it, this is the case today, what a beautiful place! And it shows the commitment, the investment that Shad Khan is making in this franchise and giving these players and coaches the best of the best. So it's uh, it's awesome, and but- us. This is this is. A, this is as nice as any studio you're going to see. Right. Uh, it is a football factory. Football first, uh, everything streamlined for the team and the players to get things done the right way. And it's the first training camp here at the Miller Electric Center. And uh, they are 
they're waist deep in it now. I mean, they're in in uh, three days of pads in a row here, tackling oh, to the no, ground today. Not a I whole know. three I days, know. JP. I heard that coming. Stop a the presses. <laughs> a mile we did away. Three days in a row. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, in the new era of the NFL, it's not Junction, Texas, 1954, but it's as close as you're going to get now, right? No, it's. No? It, I mean, <laughs> I actually chuckle. When I hear like the players, and I think Doug said it, and and that's what Doug, I mean. Doug has to. He's head coach. That this is the dog days of camp. It's you know, guys are tired. You practice three days in a row. I mean, come on. It's like there's no two a days. Yeah, even I mean, the biggest grind is the length of having to be at the facility. They're here till about eight. It's still two and a half hours earlier than we ever got the heck out of this place during camp. So, but. I only say that not because I'm trying to be the old crusty old man. Sounds like you kind of No, are. I'm not actually. A little bit. I do think it's gone a little too far, and I say this every year at this time, so I might as well say it again this year. What's but gone I, too far? As far as, you know, two days in the way we used to do it was ridiculous. Let's just be clear. You did not need that. I mean, you beat the hell out of your body, and by the time you got to the regular season, you're like, holy cow. Um. And so it's much smarter, much smarter. And the science behind it and, and what's available to the players. But I do wonder sometimes, has it gone too far as far as preparation and the amount of reps they can do? And, and we saw it this year, and I applaud uh, Doug Peterson and the staff, to get the extra reps. They went to two fields yes, for, for a lot while. of camp yeah, um, to get the reps, to get the young guys the reps. Because we heard Doug say it on the NFL Network, this they're in the valuation Phase and how do you evaluate a young player? Because the role that the staff and the scouts have right now is one getting your starters and the guys who are going to impact on the field during the regular season ready. You got to get those guys ready. You got to get them enough reps and working together and to clean things up and to find out what your team does well and what maybe not so well. And that's big. At the same time, you have another hat on. Is like I got to evaluate these young players to figure out who's going to be on the back end of my roster and who am I going to keep for practice squad that I can develop for future teams. And so you have to have both hats on if you're um, Doug Peterson and his staff and Trent Baalke and his staff. And, boy, it's hard because you just don't get that many reps. I mean, when we are sitting here, all joking aside, saying, wow, they went three days in a row. Like it's some monumental task because you're three days in pads, how else are you supposed to evaluate anybody or get anyone ready? I mean, you got a rookie in Harrison who you're at, expected to roll out there as uh, the start right tackle. Young man needs reps. He needs he needs to get out there. And, and obviously he was dealing with a shoulder injury early in camp. Seems like that's kind of behind him, hopefully. Yeah, he's back out there. He's now. back out yeah. there, which is great. You know, this they're going to have practices against the Lions next week. Yep. So that'll help some against another opponent. Sure. Live rep, not live reps, but you'll another opponent against you on the practice field for two days. Maybe that changes the number of reps some of those guys might get this week. You know, yeah, because no. they're getting more next week. I think. Listen, there's rules in place that the owners and the players have agreed to. Really, the owners and the union, which represent the players, and if you're a coach, you got to live by them. That's right. I the mean, rules yeah. are the rules. Rules are the rules. So this is not. I promise you, if you could give uh, Doug a little truth serum, he would love to have more reps 
on the field with these guys. Well, what coach wouldn't? There's not one alive. Yeah. Not one alive. But at the same time, he's got to organize his schedule with those two things in mind as far as evaluation and prepping the guys who are going to win games this year um, within the rules that are set. But I just chuckle every time. Three straight days. Like, <laughs> Wow. That's Tony Baselli. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Pete Prisco coming up in hour number two on the phone a little bit later in our first Monday show of the season. What is the – of the practices you've been to, Tony, what is the – I know you're always going to focus on the offensive line, but outside of that, what is the number one priority for this team to get accomplished in training camp, and what have you liked the most? Is it uh, the progression of the offense, the new weapon in Ridley – is it the offensive line and how they've played so far, even rotating guys around? Is it uh, the defense and how the pass rush may or may not be coming along? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think the most important thing is obvious. I mean, that's getting Trevor Lawrence ready. And, I mean, this league is a quarterback league. You're going to go as far as your quarterback can take you. And not, I mean, it's still a great – It's you know, you have to have the pieces around them and you got to have to have a defense and everything else. But, I mean, to be that consistent – team that's competing for the Lombardi trophy year in and year out, you got to have the guy under center operating at a high level. And so early returns, and I missed most of last week because I was in Canton. Um, Which we'll get to. Coming yeah, we'll up. talk about that later. Yeah, um, what I've seen and then what I've read and kept track of, I'm excited because Trevor Lawrence, and I figured this, you know, I, I mean, this was – I get I get some things wrong, some things right, but the one thing I am confident in, I was saying it last year when everyone was killing him, this dude is the future. He's a stud. He's a friend, and it's not just because of his physical makeup; it's what's between the ears, as much as anything. And you can tell that he did not leave last year satisfied with the progression or the progress, I should say, is a better way to say it, progress that he had made. Like this. This dude's hungry. He wants to be the greatest quarterback in this league, which I think he has the talent to do. Yes, start tweeting me all you want about all the other quarterbacks out there. He has that type of talent, and he has that type of mind and discipline. And you saw it in this first real offseason, you know, where it was just about football. He took advantage of it. He gained weight. He looks bigger. He looks stronger. His decision-making, pro, uh, the process of uh, making decisions in the pocket and getting the ball to the right people, yeah, and, his and, accuracy, like his overall leadership. I mean, he has command, and I just think he's going to, you know, it's fun to hear. Read the national guys talk about, you know, every, you know that he's an MVP candidate, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And the Jaguars are a team to watch. I'm with them. And it's because Trevor Lawrence is doing the work. It's part of what Trevor said the other day, too, when he spoke with the media after practice at the line of scrimmage. I mean, they have that year under their belt in this offense. They can reference a play that they ran in week 14 last year, this route against this type of coverage. They have at least some kind of history. They have a library. That's right. They didn't have that last year. Of uh, information that they can dig into from last year. But don't underestimate the, the other part of this, though, JP, is Trevor did the work. He progressed throughout the year last year after a, some tough moments early. He did the work this offseason. He has command of the playbook. You know what that does? 
it gives Doug Peterson the ability to open it up even more. Mm-hmm. Because not that he didn't trust Trevor last year, but Trevor was in a learning Okay. <laughs> he would let it fly, that's for sure. Yeah, he but was learning. Other teams' hands a lot yeah, early. He yeah, was learning. Right. And now Doug's like, okay, I got a guy that is uber talented and smart and gets it and knows how I want to play offense. Now the freedom that gives him with the addition additional weapons, watch out. Now the flip side, which I know we'll talk about, mm-hmm. and so I'll just touch on it here. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in all the practices, obviously. I've been traveling. My viewpoint is that the offense is dominating camp. I would say – And they- that worries me from the standpoint of I've not seen a lot of disruption from our defense – disrupting our own offense in practice i will say this today there were some rookie defensive players that had some tackles for loss today which was nice to see against the ones and twos no okay great thank you just saying that's fabulous it's exciting i'm happy for them and i hope we find a you know diamond in the rough (laughs) but it's got to come at some point I, i am actually more looking at the Trayvon Walkers, the Josh Allens, the uh, you know the Aluacons, the Devin Lloyds, the the uh, the Campbells, the Darius Williams. You know, I'm looking the Cisco's, the Rayshon Jenkins. And in fairness, I'm not listen. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not panicking. It's not like, oh my gosh. And I haven't seen all the practices. So maybe there's practices that they've just dominated and shut down the offense. I just haven't seen it. And typically, early in camp, the defense has the advantage. Hmm. In my experience, a perfect example. They did goal line, live goal line today. They did. Yes, you were there for that. The first and second offense were six for six. Yes. Five of the six weren't even close. Right. That's right. One of them was contested, but still a great run by Travis Etienne off the left side, broke, ran through a tackle and got in. True. All true. And, and so All true. I think this is a team right now, early, that is going to have to play. They're going to score a lot of points. And I think it's going to be – you're going to need a defense like they were last year in the back half where they were opportunistic, got turnovers. And I know it's been talked about a bunch since I said it, where I said Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker would get 23 to 25 sacks. You said 25. I said 23 to 25. No, you said 25. I said 25. And I the said, quote out there on X or Twitter or whatever fine. it's called now is 25. Whatever. Fine, make it 25. I'll stick – I said 23 to 25, but that's fine. Um <laughs> It's not I, really a big window. Like it's I know. 23, 24, or 25. I know, but it just gives That's me a little, kinda, uh, little wiggle room. Gives just me a little, little wiggle, wiggle room. room. Great. I still think that can happen because I believe that this team is going to play with the lead a lot. That changes the dynamic. It changes the dynamic, and I think they're going to be able to get after and go get after the quarterback. If this, if it, they got quick starts. They had trouble with that last year, too. They, they, they get down 10, 14. And, and I worry about that because this defense, I mean – this defense has to play good run defense. Play, you know, play with the lead, and then unleash them and let the let their athletes go. 
Because I haven't seen, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen from Josh Allen or Trayvon yet. It's early. It's just it is early. It's early. week two. It's week two. So I'm not like I'm just saying yet. Yeah. Where those moments where they just overwhelm the left or right tackle. In fact, in one on ones, the little I've seen, and then me talking to Jeff and you and a bunch of others. The offensive line's won that drill. And that's a defensive – that's set up for the defense. I would it? say especially on the outside of the offensive sure. line. Sure. The interior guys on defense have done pretty well. Hamilton. Yeah. Those types. Which, of by the way, right? you know, if, if Hamilton and uh, Robertson Harris are getting pushed and winning inside, that's going to open up sacks for Trayvon and Josh either because right. a lot of times last year – quarterback could step up and they couldn't get around the corner even though they had a good rush going so sacks come because you have a good unit unless you have that guy like a Vaughn Miller or you know there's only a handful of that type of guy in the league yeah or Bruce Smith when I played or Derek Tommy where those guys can just take over a game those are you know few and far between John Randall John Randall (laughs) yes that's I know that one um and so but it's going to be uh, – overall, and I'll end it with this if we go to break. Yep. I'm excited. I was excited coming into camp about this team. I'm just as excited in week two. Um, I would just say more of my excitement's on the what I've seen from the offense. And some of the questions I had coming into camp are still there on the defensive side. And I think we can talk about this later. Cornerback is a big question mark for me. Depth and who's going to be the nickel. We will dig into that coming up in just a little bit. Jags fans want customized Jags furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair, furniture for fans. We're back in a moment with quarterback Trevor Lawrence and the offense building upon the base from last year. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Maybe they didn't run some of this, these routes last year. Maybe we um, kind of, you know, formation things a little bit different or whatever it may be. And now we're trying to give them some new plays, some new routes, whatever it is. And then obviously Calvin, like every day is a learning, you know, just a learning experience of, you know, how to throw a certain ball, when to trust him on this route, when does, I mean, with him, it's like sometimes he looks covered and he's not, you know, he's just got that ability to go up and make a play and um, really great route runner. When do I trust him to win on certain routes? Like I think. We're still learning all that. It's still early, but I love how our relationship's coming along and our chemistry is growing every day. That's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence. A little earlier this week, welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, the first Monday show of the 2023 season. J.P. Shadrick with Tony Baselli. Pete Prisco scheduled to join us in the second hour of the show. He's up at Green Bay Packers camp, and they practice in the afternoon. Uh, we'll get uh, Pete's thoughts when we get him on the phone a little bit later, and we're presented by Jet Home Loans, of course. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. And uh, give us a few tweets if you can. I, they're not tweets anymore. They're posts, I'm told. So we can't say tweets. Well, I think you just did, but I don't think it's accurate anymore. So just say post us on X? On Right. I think that's what it is. All right. So we'll get to uh, the questions, Fanatics fan questions, coming up in the second hour as well from posts on X from earlier today. Post on X. It's going to be weird saying that, but we'll work on it. It's what it is. 
Elon paid $44 billion. He can call it whatever he wants. That's true. And he's worth like $300 billion, So who am I to question? Did you first name drop him? You just said Elon. You're, you're like your guy. That's your guy. No, he's not my guy. I'm oh, saying okay. that's what he actually paid for the oh, I know that. company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was just saying, I don't understand it. Like X. But I'm hey, not sure what that means. You don't have to. I, did. I didn't write a $44 billion check. That's the way it works. Welcome to uh, capitalism. That's right. Uh, all right, offense. Uh, we know the returning pieces. You add Calvin Ridley to the mix, and it's a Jaguars offense that did finish 10th in the league in total offense in the regular season last year, 10th in passing offense, middle of the pack in the run game, top 10 on third down. Uh, we know the giveaway totals from uh, Trevor Lawrence. So, hey, they, they've got the weaponry to do it. They've got the running game, it looks like, to do it with ETN and now Tank Bigsby, who had a big day today. And let's just start with Bigsby real quick. Yeah. I, it was in, when we made the pick, I was like, interesting. I mean, because it, well, it was third round, right? Am I correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, but I'll tell you what, early returns, that's an explosive cat. And he has the make you miss in the open field with enough power. I'm excited. Um, the of the one-two punch that he can bring with ETN. He's a different style than ETN, right? A little bit. He's more – Bigsby is more of, hey, cut through this hole and I'm going downhill and good luck getting in front of me because he's a big, strong kid, right? Well, he's not the biggest dude. He's taller than I thought, honestly. He's not listed. He's like 210 or something. But Let's he's taller he than I thought. Yeah, he's 5'11", okay. 2'15". So, he's the same height as Fred Taylor and about right. 20 10. pounds lighter. Yeah. 15, 20 pounds lighter. So, and he's a young guy, so he, you know, he'll put on more size. To your point, I mean, he's almost the exact same size as ETN right now, just an you know, inch taller. But I do think he plays – more of you know because i mean jp etn's more downhill than we give him credit for and he runs with more power than we give him credit for yeah. um i think that improved as the year went on yeah i do too. too but and i think i think he's uh what i, I t my takeaway from bigsby early returns he's a very decisive that one cut style runner mm -hmm. which uh should you know work well in the offense and what they want to do in that uh kind of the inside and outside zone game Sticking with the running game, I asked Doug Peterson in a press conference this week about ETN and how you know he had 1,100 yards last year, but what can he do to take the next step? What was left out there last season? And he was talking about um, keeping shoulders square behind the line and so you can see everything and hold the linebackers a little bit longer and explode through the hole, not to the hole. you got to have the hole developed before you can run to the, through the hole. So there's a lot of patience and, and different techniques that ETN's been working on as well. And, you know, it felt like a lot of times last year, Tony, he would try to break it out and, and hit the home run. And as the season went along, he trusted it a little bit more. But if he does that full 17, here we go. Yeah, I mean, I think young backs who have the type of athletic ability that ETN has, that explosiveness, and he is a home run threat, can fall into the trap of trying to hit the home run every time. Instead of just taking, hey, a four-yard carry 
on first down, that's a good, that's a win. It's winning football. Um, and then if you keep on taking what the defense is there and, and make good cuts and make the smart, the right read, that four yard turns into six, seven. Next thing you know, you break one tackle, you make one guy miss. It's you know, it's seventy. And I think Fred was great at that, especially as he got. I mean, actually, I'd say from his rookie year, you know, when he got into that game in Baltimore, you saw immediately. Now, I don't think Etn or Bigsby have the skill set that Fred had at you know two thirty running 4-2. Uh, he was different, And yes. making people miss, like, <laughs> in a phone booth. So, I don't want to – I'm not trying to compare, but you, you saw it. I mean, Fred had that ability to go go get four, go get five, but at any moment when the home run's there, he could deliver it. And I think we saw ETN get better and better at that um, as, as the year went on. And I think he had a very good – which I deem is his rookie year at the end of the day because he didn't play it all the year before – um, then it'll be interesting to see how Doug rotates between Bigsby, Bigsby and uh, Etn. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be their primary third down back? Um, yeah, Hasty was kind of some Hastie of that too. Hasty did a lot of that last year. Is Hasty still play that role, or is that a role that Bigsby goes into, or is it? Uh, and, they, and they've got fifth year back Dearness Johnson, who yeah. they like so far. I mean, I'll tell you, you know. It's going to be interesting how many backs they keep. You want to cut the team tonight? No. No? Oh, Pete's not here. No. That's what. I mean, the only two guys you know are going to be on the roster are ETN and Bigsby. I mean, it really comes down to, are you going to keep four or are you going to keep three and sneak one on the practice squad and move them up when you need them? Because it's all those that four spot is going to be special teams. If you, How are they contributing to the teams? Because it's that or a tight end, right? Yeah. Pretty much it. That's what it usually comes down to at the end. Yeah. Um, and so guys like, you know, and we saw it early in camp. I don't know if it still happened. We see Snoop, work, Snoop Connor working on special teams. He now. has. Yes, that's right. And he's, I, I think that's the only way he makes the team. He's going to have to win and be a core special teams guy to make this team. Because um, he doesn't seem as explosive as these other guys. Like No, I mean – I mean, you're the SC, as SC, explosive. You're the SEC expert, but wasn't he a short yardage goal line back at Miss, Ole Miss? He was in the red zone a lot. He would they would give him the ball, and then he would find space and score. And yes, near the goal line, he was a lot of that too. Um, but it wasn't like I don't think he was scoring from eighty. No, you know that wasn't his game. Hmm. So we'll see. That's the running game. Uh, that's Tony Baselli. I'm JP Shadrick. We've got plenty ahead. On the passing game as well, we'll get your thoughts on Calvin Ridley so far coming up in just a little while. I know you probably have some. Yeah, he's pretty good. Pretty explosive, JP. Okay, that that said it right there. Uh, We're back, though, in a moment. And the Jags defense. Where is this Jaguars defense planning to find consistent pass rush? The start of the NFL season is just around the corner, and we can't wait for you to be back at the bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars entertain the Miami Dolphins in the preseason finale Saturday, August 26th. Lock in your seats now. Call 904-633-2000 or visit jaguars.com slash tickets. It's more it's more about the I think the mental mental toughness, you know, at this point, because we know the season's a long season and, and things come up and you have to endure some some adversity from time to time, and there's going to be some. You know, I mean, it's, it's going to be hot, it's going to be warm, 
guys aren't going to feel good, coaches aren't going to feel good, but you know what, this is what we, we signed up to do. And so these three days are, uh, are going to show a lot that way to see who's, who's really uh, focused in, locked in. Um, you know, and I'll take care of them, obviously, with, with water breaks and different things like that and keep them hydrated and, and all. But uh, this, is a, this is a good little stretch, you know, uh, then another day off, and then we, then we prepare for, for the first preseason game. That's head coach Doug Peterson before the stadium practice on Saturday. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, the first Monday show of the season. J.P. Shadrick with Hall of Famer Tony Baselli. Pete Prisco slated to join us over the phone for a little bit in the second hour of the program. It's coming up. Uh, maybe uh, second half of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll hear from Pete. He's at Green Bay Packers camp today. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube. Uh, no longer streaming on what is now called X or Facebook. Oh, we're Only not. on YouTube now. Really? And Jaguars.com. So uh, if you're looking for it there, uh, go to the Jaguars YouTube page and you'll uh, be able to find the uh, live stream of this program and all Jaguars broadcast programs uh, there, Jaguars digital. Jaguars defense, Tony. Um, you know, I talked to Brenson Buckner today, Jaguars defensive line coach, the interview on the official Jaguars podcast network. Okay. Self-plug. And I asked him about the, the pass rush numbers and the sack numbers last year were, you know, bottom third of the league in terms of totals. And I, I asked him, essentially, you know, how do you guys improve the get-home number? How, how does that happen? His point was, Hey, we got home, we were close, and it wasn't a rush problem. It was a getting a quarterback to the ground problem. It was more of a tackling problem, he claimed, than, than actually getting home. Um, you know, okay. he, he claimed 29 missed sacks I trust him. Year. I mean, Brenton's a – yeah. I played against him. I mean, he's, a, he's been around this league a long time. 29 yeah. missed sacks, he, he said. I would have asked him, he's like, do you get credit for getting close? Of course you would. Well, that's you? what an offensive line would yeah, ask. Like, I mean, great. That's, that's right. You got close. Congratulations. <laughs> but I think the point is that they haven't gone outside the building to get anybody else in to help the pass rush. And I have no context if that's a high number of missed sacks, if that's average. Well, if, like, they get, be, if they get half of those on the ground, then they're but here's top my question, 10 in the league. My question, JP, is so the Eagles led the league in sacks last year. Yeah. How many did they miss? How many would they deem as? Yeah, what's what is a true miss? Yeah, like, is it within a foot or two feet? Well, my no, my question is 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 it just it, you touch the quarterback? I, I but I want to know also is twenty nine a big number of misses? Like the Eagles led the league in sacks at seventy four, seventy nine, whatever it was. What if they had twenty five missed tackle sacks? Yeah, would that? I mean, so they, you know what I'm saying? Put that number in perspective. I and so. I think overall, the way I would address that or think about it is, did it, as you watched the games last year and covered the games and, and analyzed the games, did it feel like we had a dominant pass rush? I would say Josh Allen got credited for a lot of pressures. Yeah. Whatever that is, right? I, I didn't ask you that. Did it feel like we had a dominant pass rush? Not overall. And that, I mean, that, I mean, going different times of the season would be topics on the show. It would be, yeah. you know, end of the year we talked about it, something they needed to improve. Now, they got it going late. Well, they also added some pressure late, too, right? And they got more aggressive. So, yeah. I'm not arguing with 
Brenton's logic. I think that's right. You got to finish. And that's what he's basically saying. You got to finish better as a team. Um, I look at the defense overall, you know, pressuring the quarterbacks to be critical because I worry about our secondary from a cornerback situation. Rush and cover go hand in hand. And they hand. go hand in hand. So what is your concern at corner? We have – I think Tyson Campbell is a stud. Like he's a legitimate, like, okay, we got a guy. By the way, he's in concussion protocol Right, still. he's not – but he'll be fine. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. Um, I thought Darius Williams, once they moved him outside, played better. Okay. Who's playing nickel for us? Trey Herndon, right? But it was a, it was a big issue last year. Yeah. Um, Trey Herndon is a good football player, teams, physical, tough, all those things. But he's not the fastest guy. And I think if he's playing nickel, it does limit kind of what you can do coverage-wise when you're talking man-to-man. So, and now part of this, too, is depending on the personnel you're facing, right? Could you have somebody else come in? If you're playing Tennessee and you know they're going to run the ball a lot and be a little more physical, do you play like a safety in that spot instead of a true corner? I think everything's you know up for – I think the, all options are on the table. Do you I, have a first and second down nickel and then a third down nickel, like different guys? You could. Absolutely you can do that. Right. You can change it up. Absolutely you can because you're, you're kind of going towards the point that Trey Herndon is pretty good in the run game. Right. He's a physical guy and he is. Now you might be showing your hand a little bit if you do that. You might be. Technically. But. I guess this is how I'd look at it, J.P., this defense was ranked, and keep me honest here, like 25th at the end of the year? Somewhere in that ballpark. I'm, I'm yeah. Generally. Give or take. Directionally correct. And offensively, we are 10th. 10th. You know, so top 10 defense. Yes. Our offense. Mm-hmm. If you look at the offseason, free agency and draft, where was the investment made? Wasn't much in free agency. No, but where was overall the investment made? Oh, What's yeah. out of the ball? Offense. Offense. Yeah. Is, did we change anything no. defensively? Like, if you look at the – if there is a – there's not a depth chart right now, air quotes, but none of the starters would change from last year. Everything's the same, right, in theory. The only thing we did is we lost one of our best pass rushers in, at the Arden end of the year, Key. Arden Key. Yeah, he's in Tennessee now, three-year deal. And so that's where I just – I step back is what Trent and Doug are betting is that Trayvon – but Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, those guys for their second year take huge steps and they become impactful players on defense. So it's addition by development. Yeah. They're counting on development. They're counting on Josh Allen having a, a big year in a contract year. That would be the fourth one. So that's fine. I'm not – I'm believing that too. Because I think each of those are good guy, good football players. And I think Devin Lloyd, you've seen a faster, more reactive, and I saw him make some plays today um, in the live stuff. And so, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad bet. It's just interesting. We are – as we're talking about some of the same things we talked about last year that were – Issues that arose at different times in the season as far as rushing coverage. 
and getting off the field and getting the big stop when you had to, especially in the first, call it, three quarters of the season. Mm -hmm. We didn't do anything to address it as far as adding players. We are counting on the development, and that's going to be – That's right. Puts a lot of the onus on these young guys to step up and like, hey, you were drafted high for a reason. We need you to, to perform. I'll say this. They did draft some defensive linemen, but a little later in the draft. Not, but I don't think – But you don't, you're not counting them to start right away. No. And go, you know. I don't think any of those – So who did they draft? Abdullah. They got – Yasir Abdullah. Raymond Vasek. Vahasek is more a of a, agent. a big nose tackle type. Tyler Lacey, another kind He's of – draft pick. Big guy. Yeah. You got, and then you got a bunch of rookies at the linebacker. Yeah, they got Abdullah in the draft from Louisville. Yeah, he's a, an edge guy. You um, got Willie Taylor, a free agent. T.J. Coleman, another free agent, I believe. Yep. So yeah. that's that's it. That's what they got. And so, yeah, they made some moves in the college ranks, but late. Picks and mid to late picks and free agents. And they got Smoot back, but he's hadn't practiced yet, coming nope. off the Achilles. You know? I mean, that's another guy you counted on last year before he got Absolutely. hurt. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting. That's, I mean, I mean, that's a big, I mean, it's a big question mark. You know, how. At what point do you, do you wait until games happen to go get help if you need it? Or at what point do you make the phone call, you know, to somebody or whoever's out there? That's yeah. the other question. Well, I, I think know. they've missed that window a little bit, haven't Some they? Some of those I guys mean, have signed. Houston yeah. signed yesterday to Panthers, I believe. Yeah. You know, who's left out there? Is Ngakwe signed Ngakwe anywhere? signed with um, the Bears? Yeah, the Bears. So who's left out there? That'd be a big question. Um. So I think you're rolling with the guys you have. Roll with it, baby, as Winwood said. And that's fine. And I, but I go back to I think this is a, a team that's going to have to score points and, and play opportunistic defense to get people off the field. Uh, hey, just score points, right? Outscore them. We'll see. I mean, maybe the defense, they, maybe they roll out there and they're improved and they get home and they force a bunch of turnovers. They play with the lead and I, I, they I, turn into a really good defense. I, th that would not. That would be great. Uh, yeah, and you, there's no reason not to hope for that with some expectation of like, hey, these young guys are going to take a step up. That's why they were drafted um, where they were. They were drafting me. Pick a guy number one overall at the defensive end position because you think he's an impactful change of the game type of guy. And Trayvon definitely has that type of talent. Um, Devin Lloyd, first round, run and hit you, blitzing linebacker. We've seen him rush a little bit on the outside, so that could help with that pressure. You know, I expect him to be more comfortable and more um, instinctive because he's comfortable in the defense this year. Yeah, he's got a, his head seems calm just talking to him the other day. Yeah, he's not as uh, – it doesn't seem like watching him. He's sitting out there – Trying to remember exactly what he's the defense, what he's supposed to do, and then you know a step late reacting to what the offense does because he, he had so much going on in his head last year, just trying to process everything, and especially after he missed camp, yep, and everything that else. And uh, you know, I think that was a, that hurt him. So I I do think he's going to be better as well. I, I no doubt in my mind he is going to be. So 
They got talent. He's got to go get it done. That's why I go back to the corner. I think they're super thin at corner. Maybe those guys develop too. Let's hope. Some of the young guys. Absolutely. They got some young guys that they drafted the last two years. And obviously Trent and Doug believe in those guys. They yeah. see them every day. And that's why they didn't make any moves this offseason. There's a big window between the end of the preseason and the regular season opener. And they cut that roster down, and then there's and there waivers. Could be, there and could be other guys out there that you can pick up. Never late. Know. You never know. Plenty ahead. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back in a moment with the offensive line. Tony talking tackles. It's Jet Home Loan of Jaguars Happy Hour. Presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans, our first Monday show of the season. From the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center in downtown Jacksonville, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco coming up in the second hour at some point. He's at Green Bay Packers camp. He was here for two days the other day. Yeah, he's, you know, this is always uh, happens every year when we kick off the show. Pete's 50-50 only because he's out there doing the, the uh, camp tour for his CBS Sports uh, responsibilities. So it'll be good to see. It was great to see Petey here for a couple days, and he's – Still Pete Prisco. Nothing's changed. Our annual Team Jaguars Happy Hour photo is a hit on social media. He is, I, uh, I think he's shrinking. <laughs> he's getting, in fairness, though, he's getting shorter and he's actually losing weight. So at least it's That's right. He's not as, you know, last year he was as wide as tall. He was like a box. You know, he's starting to. Now he's just standing on one. He stands on boxes. <laughs> Gotta love him. No, there's no one like Petey. We'll get uh, offensive line talk coming up in the uh, t- top of the next hour, about uh, seven ten minutes from now. Um, but you are, uh, and you're, if you're watching on Jaguars YouTube and Jaguars.com, thank you. You're you're taking a look at the new studio. You're also seeing uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame shirt. Uh, Tony, you were in Canton the first time. Uh, back for enshrinement weekend with a gold jacket already on your shoulders. So, um, as advertised, how was the weekend? It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, much more relaxing than um, last year when it, you know running around. You got all kinds of family and friends, and they pull you from one event to the next, and you got to you know get ready for your speech and so on and so forth. This is this is more like a reunion of you still have a pretty busy schedule because we go do a lot of events had a couple of appearances and obviously you're there to support the incoming class um as well but it is awesome to just hang and talk to guys young and old and i i especially like talking to some of the older guys because i and jp you know how much i love the game of football and, and the history of it mm-hmm. and i've always believed this it's those guys who made this game great that built the foundation that allows today's players to have the abundance of riches they get they can acquire that they can get and to play to play this game um and and they were a big part of why I got to do what I got and I and I think I hope cuz I always did as a player probably not as much as I should more now 
once I got retired and, and, you know, you kind of grow and I think you get a bigger uh, picture of the whole thing, a a, a clearer picture um, is appreciating the history and how you are able to do what you get to do is really important Um, and respecting those guys who came before you. And so I love talking to them, you know, whether it's um, well, who stands out. I mean, I, there's a ton. Yeah. Jack Youngblood is. I remember. I, I remember as a kid watching him play in the Super Bowl with a broken leg. He's a Gainesville, Florida, uh, Florida Gator guy. Um, loved spending time with him. Willie Lanier, the great inside linebacker for the Chiefs. Uh, Larry Little, just a you know all-time great Miami Dolphin. Um, you just go down. Obviously, Anthony Munoz is a guy that I have a special relationship with. Sure. Bruce Matthews, SC guy, another guy. Um, I mean, just go down the list. Um, it's just, it's great. It, it is so much fun being able to, you know, Cliff Harris from the Cowboys. Just got to spend time with him. It just, I, I really enjoy it um, because those are the guys that made this game great, built the NFL. These are guys who had to work another job to pay the bills. That's right, yeah. Um, and still played the game um, at a super high level. So it, it, it is Andre Reed, him and I were talking, great um, Buffalo Bill receiver. It's the greatest fraternity in the world because it really is. It's a fraternity. And you get in and there's a relationship, a closeness that is hard to describe um, and, a, and a bond that is truly awesome. So it's a weekend, unless there's some major family thing that I just can't get there. I will be back every year, and I really enjoyed it, um, and it was a lot of fun. I'm really tired. Yeah, I was going to say unsweet iced tea and in bed by 9 o'clock Tonight, every night, right? No, no. No, every night in Canton. You were no. a good boy, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. No, okay. So uh, that works there. I found out last year. It yeah. was uh, now what I missed this year. And I put it on on a post on X. Make sure I get that oh, right. Good. Is there were several moments that I was able to reflect on the year before, and what I missed was all the Jaguar fans and the organization and my family and friends, because that made it special last year. It wasn't just me getting in; it was the people that were there, the thousands of fans who came from you know, all over the country and right here from Jacksonville, the organization and my family. It was, uh, so it was a great weekend. I'm very fortunate and blessed to be a part of that fraternity, the Pro Football Fame, and uh, I will be back every year. It was awesome. When we return, second hour of the program, Pete Prisco standing by to join us from Green Bay at the start of the 5 o'clock hour. We are off and running. It's one hour down, one hour to go on our first Monday Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars digital network. It's more, it's more about the, I think the mental, mental toughness, you know, at this point, because we know the season's a long season and, and things come up and you have to endure some, some adversity from time to time. And there's going to be some, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be hot, it's going to be warm, guys aren't going to feel good, coaches aren't going to feel good, but you know what, this is what we, we signed up to do. And so these three days are, 
uh, are going to show a lot that way to see who's, who's really uh, focused in, locked in. Um, you know, and I'll take care of them, obviously, with, with water breaks and different things like that and keep them hydrated and, and all. But uh, this, is a, this is a good little stretch, you know, uh, then another day off, and then we, then we prepare for, for the first preseason game. That's head coach Doug Peterson, and welcome back. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour, and it's presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli. And yes, it is the 2023 debut on this program of CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco joining us from Green Bay. Is that right, Pete? Good afternoon. Watch the spike in ratings go up right now. You know, Pete, Ooh, I- right through the roof. Pete, I was not going to say anything mean. I was going to welcome you and how excited I was for our year. I was not going to say we said the greatest first hour that we've ever had. Smooth, in fact. Very smooth. smooth. Sti- no, no one talking past the time we're supposed to. Very and I was going to informative. I was not going to say any of that, Pete. I was going to be very kind, and you have to start the show, start the year off with a, a jab. Okay, if that's how we're doing it this year, game on. Would it be any other? Would it be any other way? Come on! Oh, I just thought we—I thought we'd ease into it a little bit, but I guess not. Yeah, I guess not. Pete, where are you? By the way, are you in Appleton? Pete is Pete. apparently in the middle of nowhere. Pete, well, I'm—I'm I'm not in the middle of nowhere. I'm in Green Bay, which you could say I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean. Where do they where do they have camp, Pete? Is it right at the facility or is it somewhere else? No, it's right at the facility. And they have uh, they have turf fields over here and some gra- grass fields and and they have a lot of people. They had seventy thousand people the other night in the stadium pay ten bucks to go to the game. Wow. Or scrimmage. How about yeah. that? Seventy thousand. That's yeah, how about, how about that? That's pretty amazing. Um, Pete, you were here the other day. Um what do you think of this offense, and what do you think of this defense? Well, let's start with the offense. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the MVP. How about that? I think he's going to be sensational. I love the offense. I think Ridley adds a different dimension to the offense. Uh, I think those other receivers are going to continue to have good years. They're going to run the ball better. And, again, you got to look at the offensive line. There's some questions there, but I, I think me and Tony talked about this on the side, I, I think Walker Little played good at the end of last year, and he's had a good camp. So I think he's going to be the left tackle. I think he should be the left tackle. Uh, you know, you got to wonder if the right tackle will hold up. But I, I, look, no matter what, they're going to score a ton of points. And who knows if the defense gets better or doesn't get better, they're going to have to score a ton of points. Yeah, I, I mean, you pretty much said exactly what I said at the top of the hour. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be. A superstar like I think he I actually think Pete he ultimately will be the best quarterback in the league and then within the next three years Not I think named Patrick Mahomes no I think he's gonna pass him now wow wow as far as overall I mean just now he might he's not gonna have the Super Bowl rings I mean I hope he does but you know um oh let me say that's not fair to Patrick Mahomes because he is special to your point that's a good point Pete I'll say this He'll be in the he'll be in the discussion as the greatest. You know, you remember last year before Patrick won another uh, Super Bowl, it was like the conversation: Is it you know Patrick Mahomes? Is it you know um, Josh Allen? Is it you know Joe Burrow? Like who's the best? And then obviously Mahomes won the Super Bowl. I was like, okay, that that conversation's over. (laughs) 
I think that – I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in that category this year going into next year. I, I think that's how big of a year he's going to have. Oh, I'm with you on that, Tony. I, I think he's going to be in the conversation w- with the other guys. I just – you know, Mahomes is on a different planet right now. I mean, it's just different with the Super Bowl rings and the things he does. He loses Tyreek Hill, wins another one. But as far as being with Allen and Burrow and Herbert and whoever else you want to stick in there, I agree with you 100%. He's going to be right up there with them. Well, if he wins an MVP, if you're right, Pete, they will uh, they will talk about him with Mahomes. Well, he's got to win a ring or two. Come on. Well, Tony, you know how this league is. Okay. If he doesn't win a ring, he's not going to be in the conversation. Pete, I'll go back to a guy that you loved. A guy named Dan Marino. Never won a ring. There was plenty of years that people would talk about who's the greatest quarterback in the league at that point, and there was a big contingent of Dan Marino's the best quarterback in the league. But but you're saying put him in the conversation in the second in his third year without a ring, and the other guy has two. You can't do that. I just can you know see. What? I can just you're making see. A bold prediction I, right now on show number one that they're winning the Super Bowl. Are you making that prediction? No, I'm not. I'm, okay. I actually can, I can see that the point. I'm not saying that it's going to that he's going to surpass Patrick Mahomes. I'm saying, I'll just say it this way. Let's be crystal clear. When they go into next year and they like list the te- how they put these quarterbacks in different tiers, he'll be in the top tier with Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and whoever else. Like he that will, I agree with. That's where he's going to be. That's how that big I of a year, that's how big of a year. So just to take all the, you know, hype out of it, superlatives and everything else, I'm he's going to have that kind of year where at the end of it, everyone's like, my goodness. And they're going to go into camp next year and they're going to be like, who are the top-tier quarterbacks? You know, those off-season. Oh, yeah, the list. The fillers, yeah. the list. list season. He'll be in that. Yeah, list season. I told You know what I told him? I told him 4,800 yards and 35 to 38 touchdowns. Is that about what you guys think? Well, I got what did he say back to you? Oh, he he didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> How many yards did he have last year, Pete? I can't remember. Four thousand. Forty one hundred, something like that. Yeah, forty one. Yeah. I like forty eight hundred. I like I'm gonna go thirty five's a lot, Tony. I'm gonna go thirty seven touchdowns and I'm gonna say ten picks. So you're the same as me. Yeah, that's kind of the same exact numbers. Well, he said thirty-eight. Yeah. He's copying my paper again. <laughs> One dollar, Bob. He said he said thirty-eight. I said thirty-seven. <laughs> I'm going to say between thirty-five and thirty-eight. I'm going to say four thousand seven hundred and fifty yards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you also have him winning a Super Bowl. I did not say that. Hey, you have him as MVP, Pete. That gets us going now to keeping it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Of course, the Jags were division champs last year. The wild playoff comeback in the wild card round. And then in the game in Kansas City in the division round, couldn't finish it out. What is the record for the Jaguars in the regular season and what is the result in the playoffs if they get there? Tony, would you like to start? No, I'll let Pete go first. 13 and 4. Number one seed. And we're playoffs. At, yeah. Uh, win one, win two, lose the last one. Well, if they're the number one seed, they only have two games. <laughs> be uh, smart guy. Losing, smart the, guy. Oh, losing the Super Bowl? 
They're losing the Super Bowl. They're going to be in Vegas. That'd be a fun week. Um, <laughs> you think? Wow. I mean, I'll, I'll just. I mean, I don't, I'm. I'm not as. I don't know if I'll go as bullish as Pete, but I sure like that. Um, does thirteen and four get the number one seed though in the AFC? I yeah. think it does. I think it does. If you I look t- at Kansas I tend to City's agree with record and their schedule, I mean their schedule and the division and everybody else's division, I think it gets in that. I tend to agree with them. Uh, as far as if they get the thirteen four, I actually have them uh, eleven and six. Um, probably two or three, probably three seed. I think they, and I think they win two playoff games with losing the uh, AFC title game on the road. Make a bold prediction. Put them in the Super Bowl. You already did, Pete. I don't want to copy your work again. Okay. All right. (laughs) But hey, because he, Pete, I'm actually, I mean, listen, I'm Mr. I've been accused of being sunshine pumper for my whole rainbows and, yeah, you think pot of gold at the end. Teal sunglasses. Um, I think this division is going to be harder to win than anyone else does because I think the Tennessee Titans are going to be pretty good. They're tough. They're always going to show up. And I think they're better than they were last year. It's a team that has good defense. They were beat up at the end of last year. They're going to be healthy on defense. You know, they're a fumble away from winning the division last year. They were a fumble away. The from offensive the- line has offensive line still has issues. It does, but they're improved. I think getting. DeAndre Hopkins is huge for the way they want to play offense, running the ball with Derrick Henry. And if Tannehill can stay healthy, it's a better football team than they were last year. They've improved. Yeah, but Jacksonville's much better than they were a year ago, too. Offensively, I agree. They're only well, going to be- I'm, I'm, I'm making assumptions here that Walker goes from year one to year two and gets better. Lloyd goes from year sure, one to year I, two and gets better. And we talked about that, Pete. I'm yeah. in agreement with you. Sure. I'm with you there. I just Even if that happens, I think – I mean – I think those games against Tennessee are tough. I mean, tough always. games. Always. And I think Tennessee's going to – I still think this team's going to have to win the division in, in December, and it won't be uh, – it will not shock me if they need to beat the Titans on the road to win it at the end. Yeah, T- see, I don't, I don't think so. I think 5-1 and one in division, 3-1 and one on the north – I mean the south, the NFC south. They'll beat Kansas City in this sweltering heat at home. They get – Buffalo at, on London, which is an advantage. I think the schedule's favorable. I think they'll find a way to win 13 games. In fact, I said it last week on our air. If they if they don't win 13 games, I think I told you, JP. You said 12. Major 12. fail. Yeah. You said if they don't win 12, it's a fail. That's what he right. said. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. And I said even 11? Even if, if wins the division, 11? I mean. Fail. Fail. Uh, Pete, uh, listen. Wow. I think I'm going to end up being right. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope you're right, because if they get the number one seed and are in Vegas for the Super Bowl, I'm in. You're going to go to that one? No, I'm just saying I'm in for that. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm in that. I'm in for, I thought you meant you're in for the by Vegas the way, trip. Of course you're in for the Vegas And by the way, I will be the first. <laughs> Pete, I'll buy you dinner. I will, I will publicly on this show say Pete Prisco is smarter than I am when it comes to uh, predicting uh, – Outcomes of football teams. I mean, whatever you want me to say, Pete, if you're right, I'm in. Well, not only that, Tony, here's the concern, though. We've seen number one seeds in the AFC in Jacksonville choke away chances to go to the Super Bowl. Don't be a jerk, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) There's the evil Grinch laugh we've been waiting for all offseason. Hey, hey, Pete, 
I still will not. I agree with your point. If if you are correct, and let's say they beat the Chiefs in that title game to go to the Super Bowl, I guarantee you there'll be conversations as Trevor, win or lose the Super Bowl, of Trevor being at him and Mahomes upper echelon quarterbacks in this league. Well, just like when Joe Burrow beat him. That's right. And then, yeah, it'll be the same thing. Yeah. That was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Has anyone got their wine yet? Zero wine. No, 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 no. I'm going to call. I'm calling Bob this year saying, Bob, me, JP, and Pete want our wine. There was a report at one point that it was in the studio or in the building at one point. Was that not accurate? Well, then Pete, Pete Cav and Dave probably stole yeah, it. Somebody it in the upper management probably um, confiscated it. Those dang management types. You know how those suits are. The suits. Pete Cav the suit. It's unbelievable. Is that not true, though, that it was there? Didn't, you, didn't I hear that from somebody? Yeah, I, it, wasn't, it actually made its way into the building. I'll go with it. I don't remember that, Pete, but I'll go with it. It's a good story. The problem now, there's two buildings, so who knows where it is now if it shows up. Pete, where are you going next on your tour? Denver to, to see if Sean Payton can rip any other coaches. Are you, <laughs> when you have a sit-down with Sean, will you bring that up? Yeah, Absolutely. I'll have a chat with him on the side before I put him on camera, but I'll say, what are you doing? So you'll give him a heads up that this is coming on the air. Yeah, I probably won't ask him on the air because he's done talking about it. Yeah, it's, but it's probably too old now. Yeah, that's yeah last week. but I'll say something off the air. You know me. Come on, Tony. You know me better than that. I know. I, I just wanted you to say it. Um, I don't know how much time we have here, but yeah, Pete. Whatever. Okay, good. Yeah. Pete, tell us um, just non-Jags a little bit because you – I. I I get jealous of the fact that you get to go bounce around and see all these different teams and uh, kind of get a sense of what's going on out across the league. Tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about post Aaron Rodgers, green Bay Packers. What's going on up there in Lambeau? Well, I don't know if you saw it last week, but uh, Adam shine who works for us on CBS just laid out Jordan love. It was ridiculous and it was unfair to the kid. And I, I pretty much said that I talked to Jordan love today. Look, Here's what happened. The first play of 11-on-11, he threw an interception. But you know what they did? They ran a fake into the line, and he turned his back to the defense and turned around and fired a shot where he didn't see the defender. So I'm like, you shouldn't have you turning your back. You're a young guy. You know what he said? Well, that might be one of those plays we work on and gets tossed out. So, But when you watch the practice and everybody writes about it, they said, oh, terrible, 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 terrible. From talking to the players and people I know in the organization, he's been much better than, than what people are saying about him. So they should be good on defense. Uh, they got a lot of playmakers on offense. They're young. The offensive line will be good because Bakhtiari and Jenkins are both back. So they're going to be they're going to be competitive in a division. And by the way, you might want to tell your buddy Brunel until that team learns how to win close games and big games, we have no idea about the Lions. Everybody's hyping the Lions. Yeah, but I, I'm. I mean, I think the NFC North's wide open, and would it shock anybody if, because you know, my ex roommate and uh, high school buddy and college buddy Joe Barry, um, I, who I think is a better coach and he gets credit for, I think that defense is going to be good. They got an offensive line. They got a good back. 
I mean, two good backs. Yeah, would it? I mean, Pete, would it surprise you if you wait? We wake up at the end of the season. The Green Bay's won that division. No, not one bit. In fact, they're going to be really good on defense. I think he's got Rashawn Gary was back today. Yeah, working after tearing his ACL. Preston Smith, you know, Lucas Van Ness looks like a big giant, tough guy working with the ones a little bit today. You know, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, the two to two guys from Georgia, they're both going to be better. So I, I think your your roommate has a good defense, and they should be carry that team early as the quarterback becomes better. Okay, where did where'd you go in between Green Bay and Jacksonville? Tampa, and uh, when I saw t- the Bucks, they have talent and they have young, good young players. But it all comes down to who wins the quarterback position. Well, is it? I mean, Baker's going to win that job, isn't he? Well, it got. You know what? When we left there in May, no June, it was a done deal. It was his job. We come back last week, and everybody to a man, players included, it's a competition now. Wow. Which is not good for Baker. Wow. And just, I still think he wins it, though. So it's between Kyle Trask and Baker right now. And Baker. Yeah, yeah I think Baker still wins it. Interesting. Wow. And then we did that. Miami. And Miami is all about Tua. You know that. Yep. And their offensive line is bad. It's a bad line. Your USC guy, the day I was there in practice, Austin Jackson was getting abused by Jalen Phillips. Well, what uh, the NFC East is going to be the gauntlet too, Pete. I mean, you got the Jets who are going to be better, obviously. Great on defense. They had Aaron Rodgers. Enough said there. You got the Bills who, you know, Josh Allen and that defense and the weapons they have. You got Dolphins who have more weapons than anyone knows what to do with. And then who knows about the Patriots. But that's going to be a tough division to get out of. Oh, I agree. I think Miami's the third team in the division. But but again, and you mentioned New England. New England's like Tennessee. They're going to be well coached, tough, physical, and you know nobody really knows how good they are. But they're going to be tough out every week. You're right. That's a tough division. But that's it. Look at the look at the AFC North. The whole division's going to be good. And then you got the West. I think everyone but the uh, but the Raiders. But, but the Raiders. Yeah. And I, I'm still not a believer in the Broncos. Pete. No, supposedly Russell Wilson's had a bad, bad summer. Well, I'll see him Wednesday. I am not a believer. Yeah. I know everyone. It's it's the in vogue thing to blame everything on Hackett, and I'm not saying and I and he I'm biased. He's a friend, but he, he has to own it ultimately. So he's was part of the problem. But to put it all on on Hackett is ridiculous. I um, agree. But pick against 100%. the Chiefs at your own peril. Well, I mean, I mean but I think the I think the Chargers are going to be good. Yeah, but I, mean, I think it's going to be right. Chargers. I mean, it's well, Chiefs are going to win it. I think the Chargers are number two, and then I, I don't think I don't expect anything from either the Raiders or the Broncos. No, but the Broncos will be tough to beat every week. It still makes it a tough division. Pete, uh, great to visit with you again last week when you were here, uh, and we're looking forward to another great season of Jaguars Happy Hour on Monday each and every week with you uh, this season ahead. So Tony picked them to win the Super Bowl. I did not. You picked them to go. You want to lock Are You want to lock your – that's a great – that's the better question, JP. So, Pete, Mr. Big Mouth, uh, Mr. Start the Show Off by Throwing Barbs, um, are you going to put your money where your mouth is and lock 13-4 and and a Super Bowl appearance in Vegas for this Jaguar team? I'm going to lock 13-4. and I'm going to lock the MVP for Trevor. 
and I'm not locking the Super Bowl. So yet. two locks, two locks out of three. Wow, MVP and a 13 and four, four. record. Okay, okay. You, you heard it August seventh, 2023, from CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco. Write that down because I hope it happens, and I will happily concede the title to Pete. Because I own the title right now. I was much better on locking stuff last year than he was. Mm, yeah. um, but I'll concede it if he's right about those. Pete, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. See Pete, Pete Prisco, CBS Sports senior writer, coming in hot to start the Dude, season. how about that? I mean, after just drilling me and you on the, about the show and then just dropping 13-4 and four MVP and Super Bowl appearance in Vegas. Here we go. JP, me and you in Vegas for a week. Oh, can you imagine? No, that's trouble. It it could be. I'd like to see it, though. (laughs) That's for sure. That'd be awesome. Uh, PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. Plenty ahead. Offensive line talk next. A little later, Fanatics fan questions. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. You say, okay, he can play tackle, he can play guard, you know, move him around a little bit. And, and uh, obviously we feel like his, his best position is tackle. But, but again, the, I think the versatility that he has shown us uh, is very valuable. You know, the fact that he can move inside and play guard if, if need be. And um, just, again, his maturity. He didn't play a ton of snaps, you know, obviously in college. And, and uh, um, obviously here they saw something that, that uh, you know, excited them. And, and it's the same things that, that excite us, right? Um, he's he's done a nice job, you know, these first couple of weeks of camp, and uh, you know he's really again another player that's really embraced his his opportunity. Head coach Doug Peterson discussing Walker Little's camp so far, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Second hour of the program, JP Shadrick with Hall of Famer Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco joining us in the first segment from uh, Green Bay. Or he's at Packers camp. He'll be in Denver coming up, and he'll be with us each and every Monday, of course, throughout the season. But this is the time of camp when we only get him just a little bit wherever he's traveling. Uh, but he will be, uh, obviously, a regular piece of this program, as he always has been. Uh, offensive line, Tony, let's get into it quickly here. And let's start there with the left tackle spot. And, yes, Walker Little's playing a lot of left tackle. But in the last uh, little bit here, the last few days, he's been sliding in with, uh, I believe, the second team or whoever's out there at left guard. So he's getting some guard reps as well, and he's told me the other day after practice, you know, I've, I've never played guard before, ever. So it's a little different. How different is it? You can't just not Madden. You can't just plug in a player into a spot. You've got to get him out there and see what he can, what he can do. But how much of a challenge is that to slide in? I've never played one snap of guard in my entire life. Honestly. My uh, redshirt freshman year at USC, I was, I, I, you know, played both right and left tackles. We flipped, and I was the emergency center, so I'd work on. Oh, yeah, you could snap. I could snap. Um, but uh, I've never played guard, and so I think it. I mean, I always said it can't be that hard. You got all these people around you. <laughs> There's nowhere for that guy to go. Just don't get run over. Right. Um, I know I'm. that's not fair to guys like Brandon Sheriff at all. I know it's much harder than that. 
So I, I I do like that, you know, Phil Rauscher, the offensive line coach, is getting some cross-training in. This so, is a time of year for that. That's right. Yeah. I wouldn't read anything into it, but you want to get cross-training because, you know, reality is come when Cam gets back from his suspension, you want to put your five best guys and talented guys on the field. If they – can play that position well. I agree, and that's what you want to find out. And is I, it the best guard or is it the best player? What's well, or is it a combination of you yeah, got to be I, both? I think you got to be the best at that position. If you stink at guard and you're yeah. you're a really good tackle, it doesn't help us. No, at that guard. doesn't make you one of the five best. Right. Making you one of the five best is that you're big, athletic, and you can play guard or tackle. Um, and so because I saw some campaigns a little bit. Guard too. Yeah, I think there's flipping guys around. Yeah, which I, I, that's great. Because here's the, here's the deal. Let's say Cam comes back, you're four and zero, and Walker Little's playing dominant left tackle. Are you gonna ask him to move? I wouldn't. Why would you disrupt it? And nothing against Cam at all. I'm not. Cam's a good football player. I mean, very good football player. At the end of last year, though. I think Walker Little was playing just as good as Cam at left tackle. And he came up big in big spots against really good players. And important moments. Tough situation. So I think Walker Little has proven. And you can see a more confident guy this year. Oh, Remember yeah. last year during camp, there wasn't that confidence. It felt like almost he was like there wasn't a competitive like spirit or dog in him. And and um and uh, what's his name? Oh, oh, gosh. Leave the team. I forget your name. Um, the right tackle. Jawan Taylor. Juwan Taylor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind, baby. Um, and Jawan Taylor was just the opposite. And he went and grabbed it and, and had the great year. And, you know, we didn't sign him in free agency, which I understand. Um, and so the, I was always wondering, I was like, does Walker Little have that dog in him to go compete and take it? Because he had the opportunity. And I really do think this – the staff wanted him to go take that job. Um, he didn't. Juwan did. And so I was, when when Cam got hurt, it was a big question mark for me. It's like, uh-oh. What's, how's Walker going to handle this? Can he hang? Yeah. And to his credit, he's got dog in him. And I don't know if it just needed to be developed. Like the, it's a conf, Sometimes it's just a confidence thing. Go play, have a little success, like success, build on it. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, yeah, I belong here. Yeah. I mean, I've had that happen in games before. I was telling the story at the Hall of Fame, that big 96 game against Bruce Smith. First third and 10. I was, I was scared you know what going in that game. I mean, this is the best defensive player in all of football. Defensive player of the year that year. Third and long. No help, one-on-one. -on -one. And I remember walking the line, we're going to find out this play, whether I can do this or not. And I blocked him. It changed the whole game for me, just personally. Because there was a confidence. Not that I wasn't confident going in. I mean, I played good all year. I mean, all that. Yeah. But it's like like sometimes you just need a little success, just a little. And not that if it would have gone bad that one play, the rest of the day would have been terrible. I'm not saying it's not that binary. But those moments help young players. And I think Walker Little went out and proved that he had dog in him and that he could do it. And forget about proving it to anybody else. I had this conversation with a young tackle just today, in fact, not on Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Like, 
to hell with what everyone else is worried about. Don't worry about what the coaches think or the fans think or the media thinks or anyone else thinks. It's about you believing in yourself and knowing and having the confidence you can get it done. And I think that's what happened last year with Walker Little. And I thought he played outstanding. He was a big reason for them having success. And I think you've seen the carryover, that confidence, because he's out there right now blocking whoever they put in front of him. And I think Doug Peterson and Phil Rauscher are going to have a really hard decision when Cam comes back. Now, if the rookie's struggling, it's an easier decision because you sit Cam and Walker down, and if Walker's playing great left tackle, it's like, hey, Cam, you're going to right tackle. Yeah, that's right. It's for the team. Let's get this done. If the, if the rookie's playing well, now you got to sit them down, and this is why you practice it now. See who's more comfortable at guard, who's performing better, and you put – and I – or, yeah, it's or just me. The, the guard might be playing well also. And I he mean, might too. Ben Barch hasn't played a snap yet. And they might be rolling. And if it's me, if the offensive line's rolling, the conversation, it's a hard one, is with Cam. So, dude, we love you. You're starting caliber guy in this league, no doubt about it. But we got five guys playing at a high level right now, and you're going to be the sixth guy. And so we don't know what's going to happen. A lot of life can happen between now and then. A lot of life. I mean, this is a physical game. Guys can get nicked up. Guys can be playing poorly. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? And so Doug and Phil are doing the right thing. Like, let's cross-train guys. Hey, Walker, get reps at left guard. Hey, Cam, get reps at guard. I would like to see them get some reps with those both those guys at right tackle, too. Hey, let's get a couple of reps at right tackle. Just so that, you know, like the one guy you know you're not moving is the right tackle, the rookie, because you don't want to put that on him. Like, you're a right tackle. Don't worry about anything else. Mm -hmm. But these veterans and these guys who can handle like a Cam and Walker, move them around a little bit. Let's get comfortable because that decision is coming after week four. You're going to have a decision to make. What do we do with Cam? Now, it might be the easiest decision ever because of an injury. It could be easy because of poor play. Mm -hmm. It could be easy for – Different reasons. I'm hoping that it's the most difficult decision they have to make at that time because that means everyone's playing at a high level. And then you got – it's tough. And, uh, you know, I hate it for Cam. He got hurt. That stinks last year. Uh, I'm not going to dive into the whole suspension because I don't – I still didn't – I don't understand what they're accusing him of taking. I know I think he said it's a supplement that he bought over the counter. Uh, unfortunately, I know all fans are like, oh, yeah, it's just every player's excuse, which it is a lot of times, but those excuses are actually real a lot of times because you buy stuff over the counter, you think you're good. Ultimately, Cam's responsible. It stinks. I don't like it. Um, it's tough, but it's a tough situation. But you put, you're in that situation because it's something that life – it's not fair. And so you just got – I think – and what I've seen of Cam in camp so far is he's working hard. He's doing his part. He's running a lot of reps with the twos. He is, yep. But he's out there giving great effort, preparing, being a good teammate. And so that says a lot about the character of who he is. He's still blocking guys in one-on-one drills too, by the and way. And he's blocking – and by the way, <laughs> right. he's having a great camp. Yes. He's blocking everybody else, which, by the way, worries me because we're blocking everybody. Everybody's getting blocked right And now. I'm like, I'd like some guys not to get blocked because I love our defense too. <laughs> I want to see them. So, you know – I mean, I, back in camp, there was many a days that Tony Brackens made my life miserable, and I'm like, oh, 
He won that one today. <laughs> I'd like to see that out there. What? Never Logman, though. Unless, no. he, unless he cheated when it was raining. Was that when he uh, yeah, busted like, your knee up? Raining. He's bull rushing. Come on, what are we doing? You didn't tap him on the – hey, man, this is like, no, we're no, taking we, this one off. That was, that was the one-on-one run, bro. We were like <laughs> – both had headaches at that point. We're like <laughs> – We're back with Fanatics Fan Questions, your favorite, Tony. We're going to get some answers out of you. We're answering posts of X. Correct. No more <laughs> tweets on Twitter. That's in the past. That's old news. Posts on X. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Especially when you look at the tight end room and the running back room and what those guys provide of, you know, what our 13 personnel could potentially be three really good receivers or three really good receiving tight ends. Whether we want to attach to the formation, open from the formation, whatever that may be, the running back room provides a lot of versatility. You know, we kind of have slashers, power backs, smaller backs. Um, and then even the receiver room, you know, a guy like Agnew just provides a weapon. He's a Pro Bowl returner that we can create space for. And the defense is certainly aware when he's on the field. So that's certainly something we want to continue to take advantage of. We want to be able to do whatever we need to do each week to win. And we've talked about that. Is it we need to throw it 60 times? We need to run it 60 times. We need to win a shootout. We need to win a slugfest. Whatever that is, our guys understand our goal is to go win the game. Press Taylor, Jaguars offensive coordinator. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Second hour of the program, J.P. Shadrick, Hall of Famer Tony Baselli. We had Pete Prisco earlier, CBS Sports senior writer. Joined us at the start of the 5 o'clock hour. Ratings dropped. Yeah. Uh, we're back, though, now. Yes. He's out of here. Thank goodness. Uh, he dropped some bombs already. He did. Um, he locked He, he locked uh, 13-4 and four as the Jaguars record and that Trevor Lawrence will be MVP. I love it. Time now for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans, gear up at Fanatics.com with all the latest Jag styles. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put out the cat signal on X. Here are the best posts we've come up with today. Okay, let's do it. Number one from MIT Stone Cold. Given his success at the end of last year and having a monster camp, if Walker Little plays flawlessly... You wouldn't take him and switch around because of Cam Robinson, would you, Big Bo? We just kind of touched on that. Yeah, I, I would not. If he's dominating at left tackle and he is playing high-level football, um, I would not make the change unless you think you're better having either him or uh, Cam at left guard. And if he's the one during camp that shows that he's more, you know, more productive at left guard, that's the only way. But I still worry about that. I don't think you take a guy who's dominating a position and move him around, especially left tackle. How's Anton Harrison playing so far? Well, we just, we, we, I, we've, seen seen so, we've seen so little. He's been we, banged up a little bit. He had the shoulder issue. That worries yeah. me. I mean, he missed the week he can't, basically, right? He was back out there the last few days, though. But was it a, a, a it was like a, It was like two or three practices, somewhere in there, which then, is almost a week. And then, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you get days off and everything. <laughs> um, and <laughs> And then he was limited the first day he came back, right? I think That's he was right. full yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been out there since. How do you look so. at one on ones today? Because I had to take off. I had to. I didn't to go. see all of them, but some of the reps I saw, he was pretty dominant. Well, he's very athletic. He can move. He's a you know, and he has length. Um, so I think he'll be fine. Next question at that guy Tyler: Why have we still not addressed the need to add a pass rusher, even if they want to give Chazon a chance to prove himself again? Wouldn't it still be good to at least have depth? Well, we talked about this all offseason. And 
you know, for the longest time, you had Ngakwe out there, you had Houston out there, you had uh, uh, was it Leonard Leonard uh, Leonard Floyd was out there. Floyd might still be out there though. I'm not sure. I think no, he got signed. So there were some older guys, veteran pass rushers, you could have brought in. Trent decided not to do it and wanted to go with what he had on the roster. And so we're going to kind of wait and see. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you can't make, you know, after final cut down some additions and add some depth there. But right now we're going with what we – we're actually going with one less pass rush than we had last year because Arden Key's gone. Yeah. Um, right now it's two less because Smoot isn't out there Well, but you're He's assume, on the team. Yeah. yeah. And, but we don't know what he's going to be like when no he gets idea. back after the Achilles. No idea. At Mason Mashinsky, which matchup are you looking forward to most, and what will be the biggest thing the Jags need to accomplish to come out with a win in that selected game? I'm just starting with opening day. I mean, set the tone. You got to win opening day. It's a division game. I mean, it's huge. On the road. On the road. In the division, it's always hard. Anthony Richardson debut. You're going to be playing a rookie quarterback that can do all kinds of things athletically, dual threat guy. So you got to go out and win that first game. I mean, obviously, there's big ones. You know, know, all the big ones. Name a big one. I mean, the Chiefs, opening day here. Bills. You got to win that game. Bills in London London will be amazing. Monday night, Bengals. Bengals, Burroughs. You got the 49ers coming here. That's arguably the best, you know, one of the best couple teams in the. In the NFC. Ravens I mean, on Sunday night. I mean, you get, like, so many big games this year. It's so exciting. So, But it starts with the opening day in the division. you got to go win that. And then the other ones. I always love the Titans matchups. Those are close games, physical. And and a lot. I think this year will go a long way of winning the division. Next question. At Trevorville, I heard Pete say 12 wins for the Jags this season. He actually said 13 today. Uh, what's Tony's prediction? Let's go through the schedule, shall we? And let's do it, Tony. You want to do this? Not really. Well, we're going to do it anyway. Week one at the Colts. <laughs> this is I, I, I said eleven. I, I, I said I said eleven and six. I didn't. I'm not. Let's go game to game. Oh, they're going to win. Okay, it's a win. Week two, home against the Chiefs. I think they beat the Chiefs at home. I think it's going to be hotter than you know what. Yep. I think opening day. I think they get the win. Two and zero. Oh. Uh, week three, home against the Texans. I got the Jaguars. Three and zero. Week four, London, Wembley, Falcons. I got the Jags. Four and zero. Let's go across town in London to Uh, Tottenham Hotspur against the Bills. I think they have an advantage being there. They're going to be acclimated. They're, you know, Bills are coming over. I think they win that one too. Five and zero at this point. Coming back to the States and hosting the Colts. It's going to be, you know, being gone two weeks. It's that's a that's going to be a tougher game than you would expect. I think the Colts are. I'm going to be a little bit better than anyone thinks. I, I think Anthony Richards is good, but I still got the Jags winning. <laughs> okay, 6-0 at the Saints. Short week, Thursday night football. I, I think it catches up. London coming back. I think the Saints are a good, solid football team. Um, I think they lose that game in, uh, in New Orleans. It is cocktail party weekend. That means the Jaguars are on the road in Pittsburgh week eight. Tony, uh, I, I think I'll go. <laughs> Tony, I'm going to go loss. Oh, you're going. No, they long. can't. Go, yeah, I'm going to go loss. Okay, all right. Back to back losses. Week nine buying. Uh, week nine buy rather. Week, we'll win that. It's a win. Uh, week ten, they, San Francisco. They come off the buy and they beat the 49ers. Wow, 
They're rolling right now. Uh, week 11, home against Tennessee. They're going to beat the Titans. Week 12 at the Texans. They're going to beat the Texans. What, what's their record now? Uh, very good. It is 5, 6, uh, 9, no, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 2. 9, 2, okay. 9, and 2. Uh, and then, okay, Cincinnati, Monday Night Football. I think they. W I think that that's a game that's going to be a shootout to the best quarterbacks, and I think they lose late. Okay. At the Browns, week 14. I think they beat the Browns. Week 15, Sunday night football, the Ravens in town. They beat the Ravens. At Tampa Bay on Christmas Eve. I think they beat Tampa. What's their record? Whew. 12 and 3 right now. Uh, week 17, home against the Panthers. They beat the Panthers. New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve. They beat the Panthers. And then at Tennessee. And they have the number one seed locked up. And they lose to the Titans in Tennessee. Because they're resting the starters. Is that what's going on here? Okay. Uh, so That's by 13 and 4. Yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 wins. Yes. And four losses. So I just basically. You just copied Prisco. Prisco. And I actually think. I think, I, I think they win 11. I don't know which ones I got wrong. But I just got a sense it's a – I think that's a two-game improvement over last year. I think the team um, is going to be much improved. I think they're probably the three seed going into the playoffs. And, you know, they win that first one. I think they have a chance to get to the AFC title game this year. That's so. kind of where I have them. Now, if they're the number one seed, watch out. Look out. Home field. But, the, I mean, it's so hard to do this because I go back and forth. That's why we do it. It's fun, though. From being, like, balanced and, like, really thinking through to just <laughs> putting my – going 6-0 and o to start. Just put my great. fan glasses on and my, <laughs> what I want to happen on. So, to take all that with a grain of slot, uh, salt, uh, Jag Nation. Uh, one final question. At Kempe underscore Ryan, best restaurant slash meal that you had during the offseason? I'll start with this one. I was in Dublin the other week. I went to this place called House, and I had this – Lobster and crab ravioli wow. with shrimp on it. It was unbelievable. In Ireland, of all places. Yeah, I can't. That's a good question. I'm going to pass because I can't Dude, think. You can pass. There's so many. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of good meals. You're not eating as much as you used to, though. Look at you. Yeah, Look I've lost skinny. weight. Um, everyone who sees me, I'm not sick. It's purposeful. That's positive. I, I'm trying to. Well, I'm just saying. People go, we're, we're glad. That you're uh, it's purposeful. Um, because I don't want to uh, be old and fat, and I'm turned 51 this year. And the greatest uh, greatest way to um, make sure you don't get some chronic condition when you get older is um, being healthy and being a good weight and being active. And and so I was going the wrong way. And after last football season, I said, uh, this isn't a healthy lifestyle, and I'm going to sign up for a lot of issues. So trying to – Trying to take care of myself, how, JP. How many push-ups have you done during this show alone? Uh, during no. the break, you I'm, and I'm not going to put it on Twitter yet until you deserve it. Um, no, you're not going to put it on. I did, I've I done might. 90 so far. So I'm in a push-up challenge with my kids. Oh. Um, I've done 140 today. i got to do 218 today. So i got – got to match the day of the calendar, basically. i got 68, 78 left. Yeah, so every day. I started January 1st, did one push-up. How but, tough was that? I, the one wasn't hard, but like, <laughs> like getting ten was difficult. Like that's how bad and out of shape I was. 
Um, and so my kids, all my kids, not all my kids, uh, three of my kids are doing it with me, my two boys and my, one of my daughters. And, uh, so, I, and we have a little text chain. We have to update and keep everyone accountable every day. So I got 218 to do today. I've done 140. I'll get another 30 in the break right here. Be at 170 and we'll wrap up the show. We will in just a moment. Uh, if you're a Jags fan who's always on the move, we've got the perfect plan for you. And with our bundle at the bank, you can purchase tickets to three or more games starting at 58 bucks per game. What a deal. Get the flexibility you want for your time this fall. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We'll wrap it up after this. This Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Yeah, I feel really comfortable. I feel really confident. Um, I feel like that's me, but that's also the other guys. We've, we've had so much experience together and so many different situations we've seen. It's nice to be able to lean on those when you come out, you know, for your second camp in this system to lean on some, you can go back to week, whatever, 14 last year. And I remember checking this play against this team and this coverage. And so this, the call comes up again and you see the same thing. It's like, all right, remember when we did this and you can just get to it quick. So I think that is, um, that's so valuable when you think about an offense and just being able to do that and get yourself in the play that you want. And as a quarterback that I feel confident and I can just go play free because I know what I want, I know what I like, and I know what my guys are good at. That is the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He's comfortable and confident. That's always good. I like that. That's Tony Baselli. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. The Jaguars have tomorrow off. Tony, and uh, they'll be back to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I believe helmets and spiders. They're not going to go in pads the rest of the week, at least on the last schedule I saw, because the first preseason game is coming up Saturday in Dallas. It's so different. I mean, I'm jealous. Now, they tackled to the ground today. I know. No, back no, in, yeah, that's fine. You know, yeah. No, no, they, they were physical today. I'm not, they, taking, I'm not taking – this is not a criticism. Yeah. It's just – I was just reflecting on – the first preseason game for sure, maybe even the second, we did not treat that as like we're going to get ready. Like we were in two days, full pads. And there just happened to be a game on the, yeah, the next day. I mean, maybe we had one day <laughs> right. before where we kind of slowed it down a little bit. But it was uh, – these guys have it good. And it's how the league is now. They're trying to protect guys and make sure they're ready. And – um and so well, that's how Doug Peterson does it too. I mean, he understands what it takes to get his team to the starting line. Well, of the and, season. That, and I trust Doug. I really do. Yeah. I mean, this is, that's why I said it's not a criticism. It's anything. It's just jealous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just damn jealous of him. And Doug is, I, I trust Doug. He has a plan. He has a method that he's work. you know, a metho uh, methodology he's working through um, of how, because all that matters is opening day. The rest is for people like you and I to discuss and either applaud or criticize or whatever. It does not matter. What matters is, is Doug Peterson getting his team ready opening day to go perform at their highest level. That's all that matters. And this is how he's doing it. And um, he did a pretty good job last year getting this team um, to the playoffs and winning a playoff game and, and, and making a huge step from the year before, and I expect another big step this year. We heard it at the top of the show today at 4 o'clock. It was also on NFL Network today. Doug Peterson with the, the crew that was here today. Scott Hansen, Steve Smith were here. Ian Rappaport as well. 
And they asked him, hey, are this, is Trevor Lawrence going to play? And he's like, yeah, I'd like the starters to have time in the game. So maybe a drive or two. That said, Tony, what do you want to see out of the starting group? What is what is a successful opening preseason performance? Well, it's going to be vanilla offense, vanilla defense. You just want to see guys run around and execute. Win one-on-ones, execute the game plan. Offensively, have, you know, put a nice drive together, get points, touchdown, obviously, but if you get a field goal, fine. And defense, get off the field. You know, do that. One or two series, it's all you need right now. That's enough. Yeah. And then next week... At Detroit, two days of practice. Two days of practice, Lions. and then you'll probably see them play a quarter, and a quarter, quarter and a half of that second preseason game is a guess. By the way, we talked about the Lions briefly with Pete, but they do have some talented guys oh. uh, uh, on both lines. And they beat the you-know-out of, out of us last year. <laughs> That's right. I mean, they, took, they took us to the woodshed they last 40, year. 40, didn't they? Yes, they took us yeah. to the woodshed. That was a bad – that was a moment. That was a low moment. But it was the darkness – before the dawn because after that we rolled baby we rolled out after that so it's a good yeah, test good test for good the tackles, tackles it'll right? be good work good pass rushers good yeah. offensive line got a nice set of skills uh, players yes i think it's gonna be a great opportunity to kind of gauge where you are and have a preseason game and uh and get better we'll get into that of course next monday uh, before the trip up yeah we'll re- review the preseason game and then talk about uh and we're all heading up there and looking forward to it. Good stuff, Tony. Have a good week. Thanks, JP. Tony Baselli, Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle. We had Tony – we had – what's his name? Pete Prisco. That's his name. CBS Sports senior writer was with us as well, uh, as always, but in the 5 o'clock hour at the start of the, sh- uh, the uh, second hour tonight from Green Bay. Thanks to our entire crew. Of course, uh, Max Hockman, Brent Reber on the video side, Joe Fortunato, on the audio side, William Pease handles our podcast. Kate Waski handles our ad placement. And for our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening to the first Jaguars Happy Hour Monday program of the season. We'll catch you again next week.